Scofflaws is a show about the history of crime, criminals, and the investigation thereof. There may be discussion of adult themes and generally icky stuff. Also, neither host is a legal professional, and this show does not contain any legal advice. Remember, crime doesn't pay. Unless you're really good at it. Hello, and welcome to Scofflaws, the history of law and disorder. My name is Sean, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Kate. Say hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. So I found a new interesting fact about my 10-year-old cat yesterday. Oh, dear God. What's happening? (laughs) Okay, so I have a lot of trouble sleeping at night, so Trey and I were at Target the other day, and we saw some tea that advertised itself as, like, a sleep aid, so we decided to get it, because it's worth trying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Valerian root tea. Oh which, yeah, yeah. It turns out my cat loves Valerian root tea. Have you looked up to make sure it's okay for your cat? <laughs> I haven't let her have any, but she tried to sneak a, uh, some out of my cup like five times last night. <laughs> and then this morning, when I come downstairs, I found the cup I had the tea in across the living room. <laughs> All right, I gotta find something out. Are you looking up to see if Valerian root is okay for cats? Yeah. <laughs> the Valerian root, the Valerian is generally safe. Large doses may cause digestive upset, and it shouldn't be used on pregnant dogs. <laughs> All right, so that isn't a problem here. <laughs> but no, she. She was adamant about getting in my teacup. I got so frustrated with it, I took the last, like, third of the cup, and I just, like, unhinged my jaw and drank the whole thing. <laughs> well, good news is it's safe for your cat, so if you ever want your cat to chill out, or if you want your dog to chill out. Yeah, I should also check to see if honey's okay for them. I imagine it is. It is. It, is. I, it was part of the thing that I just read. All right, well, that's that's good to know, because that tea did taste really good. <laughs> I don't know how it'll taste with cat spit in it, but we'll figure that out, I guess. It'll taste great with cat spit. <laughs> cat spit, the gross maker. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about today other than cats drinking tea? The most British of cats. <coughs> Um, just imagining your cat with a British accent now. Pip, 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 <laughs> Screams in British accent. Um. <laughs> Screams Britishly. <laughs> we have another t-shirt idea. <laughs> Screams in British. <laughs> we have a picture of Glinda. Gilda, excuse me. Could never say your name right. Anyway, we're talking about uh, Black Widow murderers. All right, that's a 180 turn from cats <laughs> drinking tea, but I'm down for it. <laughs> uh, 
a black widow murderer is named after a black widow spider who, after reproducing with her, with a male, she'll kill it. Like you do. Like you do. So black widow murderers are generally women who kill their husband for money or kill their lover for money or for other reasons um there can it's considered the second highest like serial killing group wow i didn't know that one yeah so uh that's a thing uh but i've got several examples that are super fun all right uh how many of them are british uh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i think most of them are american or canadian (laughs) <laughs> Very polite murderings. I found one British person. Uh, a lot of the United, a lot of United States people. So let's get started with the very first one from 1916. All right, 1916, turn of the century. Yes. So uh, this woman's name was Amy Archer Gilligan. And she owned a nursing home in Windsor, Connecticut. Gilligan! <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, so she, this was before nursing homes were really a thing. So it was like a boarding house for the elderly. And she noticed a lot of, or police began to notice that a lot of them, the people in her care, were dying. Which is not unusual. Um, except they all started dying very shortly after naming her in their life insurance policies um, or paying her $1,000 for her care. Yeah, that sounds like a red flag. Yeah. So uh, according to this article, uh, between 1911 and 1916, at least 48 people died in uh, her care, including her husband. Because she wouldn't be a black widow otherwise. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she'd just be the old person strangler. Exactly. So, uh, the way she was killing these people was rats. Or, excuse me, arsenic to what she claimed to kill rats. Rat poison. Exactly. So, she was, uh, purchasing large quantities of arsenic and, uh... The reason, the way she was found out was one of her client's sisters got really concerned about what was going on. So she hired an investigative journalist and they started doing some digging. Not a detective, an investigative journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the 19-teens, so that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So no, she at was... that time, detectives were more just hired thugs. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, She was arrested and indicted for poisoning five people, including her second husband. Second husband. Yes. I don't know what happened to her first one. I don't know, but that's a very short kill streak. Yeah. um, Well, she... She's suspected of killing at least 20 people, but her lawyer... uh, Her lawyer convinced the prosecutor to charge her with only one murder. All right. And what was the sentence? Well, that's a big story. Uh, She was convicted, but then the state appealed. And then she was retried. She pleaded insanity. 
She was found guilty and given life in prison, but she was eventually transferred to a mental hospital where she died in 1962 at the age of 94. Wow. The irony. Well, okay, so I didn't know this until after doing the research. Her story is the inspiration for one of my favorite plays, Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, that makes sense. She's the inspiration behind it. It's also a movie by Frank Capra. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with the movie version, but... Yeah, the play is like one of my favorite plays of all time. It's super funny. All right, so we have our first Black Widow with a kill streak of two husbands and a lot of old people. One husband confirmed. She's only confirmed for killing her husband. But she's suspected of killing at least 20. So, yes. All right, so who's next? Who's next? Evelyn Dick. Evelyn Dick. <laughs> uh, so that's she Evelyn. Was, She's a dick. <laughs> she was though. She was er, She was called the torso killer. Hold on. Wait. Hold up. Evelyn Dick, the torso killer. Yup. Evelyn Dick, the torso killer. <laughs> that's the best thing I've heard all week. <laughs> oh, this is this is a money episode. Um, so she's head and shoulders above the rest of them. <laughs> so this is only um. So this starts out with one, but then it gets bigger. She was found out after children who are hiking through the woods outside of Hamilton, Ontario, found a limbless headless torso belonging to 39-year-old John Dick, who was her husband. Uh, He was a streetcar and bus driver, and they were married for less than six months, and she had been... They were already estranged after being married for only six months. Okay, so... How did they know if it was just, like, the trunk of the body? Uh, This was in... The 1930s. So, they had some ways of learning things at the time. Okay. So, they, um, found, they found the trunk of John Dick. Okay. Which sounds like a very interesting porno. Excuse me, this is 1940s, but yes. Um, so, uh, she was eventually charged with murder, um, along with her, brother, her father and one of her boy- boyfriends. They were... Charged with conspiracy to murder. One! One of her boyfriends! Yes. So, this became the trial of the century in Canada. Um, and uh, tales, quote, this is a quote, as tales of her dalliances with many powerful, rich, married men came out. So, <laughs> she uh, she was convicted of murder in 1946 and sentenced to hang, although she was acquitted on a technicality. A technicality. Yep. Uh, Her father was convicted of being an accessory to murder, um, specifically for being the person who dismembered his corpse in the basement of his home, and then he burnt the body parts in the furnace. (laughs) Uh, This supports my theory that all the Canadian politeness is just a veneer to cover a seething homicidal rage. It gets worse. Oh, God. Okay. When police searched her home and found the mummified body of an infant, 
encased oh. in cement in a suitcase and stored in her attic. It was her own son. Oh. Okay, baby in cement in a suitcase in an attic. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, geez. um, while on trial for the infant's murder, it became knowledge that she had slept with over 150 men, including the judge's son. Ah. <laughs> uh. So, uh, she was sentenced to life in prison, but she was released in 1958 after serving only 11 years. Uh, she disappeared after her arrest. No one knows what happened to her. Um, but she is the subject of two books, uh, films, and a musical called How Could You, Mrs. Dick? (laughs) Okay. There's nothing wrong, there's absolutely nothing wrong if a woman wants to have many sexual partners in her life, but holy fuck if your name is Dick and that's your attitude, because that's just too fucking funny. This is the next one. This is Texas. So prepare yourself, it's Texas. Flying a whole lot south, okay. Yep. This is Betty Lou Beats. Okay, that's a that sounds like a good DJ name. Yep. Uh, this takes place in the 1980s. Um, she, in 1983, she reported that her fifth husband, her number five husband. Number five. Uh, retired Dallas firefighter Jimmy Don Beats. She reported him missing. Um, and police found his boat floating in a nearby lake and assumed he had just drowned. Um, but then two years later, her son came forward and admitted that she, he helped his mother bury the body. Why would you need to bury the body if you have a perfectly good drowning alibi? Guilt. Um, I guess. So when they Also ghosts. Prop- ghosts. Yes, ghosts. Uh, so investigators searched her property, and they found not only his body, her fifth husband's body, hidden under the um, the plastic wishing well in her yard. Uh, they also found the remains of her fourth husband, Doyle Wayne Baker, buried underneath a storage shed in the yard of her mobile home. Jeez. Is anyone surprised that this is a trailer? <laughs> nope. Um, And I say that as someone who had an aunt who lived in a trailer for a significant amount of time. I say that as someone who did live in a trailer for a significant amount of time growing up. Like, I'm not surprised. My mom chased, anecdote, my mom chased a peeping Tom away from our trailer with a baseball bat when I was five years old. Remember (laughs) that. (laughs) but uh they both men had been shot multiple times in the back of the head and police believe that she killed her fifth husband for the insurance money okay like you do that's probably why they had the drowning story yep so um she denied her guilt she said that her her son had murdered her fifth husband in an argument and that she had buried the body to protect him uh, since he was on probation for burglary. Class act mother. 
right? Um, her children, her son and her daughter, uh, who helped their mother get rid of the bodies, testified against her. Well, yeah, you've, you've thrown away that one little safety net you had there. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm um, wondering which husband these kids were from. I don't know. So she apparently she apparently shot and wounded her second husband, but she didn't kill him. Well, well in Texas, that's just a slap on the wrist. That's just a Tuesday night. Um, so she was found guilty. Um and he was sent or and she was sentenced to death. Um her lawyers argued that uh since she had been abused her whole life, uh, physically and sexually, uh, as a child and as an adult, as all of her husbands, um, that she should be granted clemency. Um, Bold grab. Yeah. So they, anti-domestic violence advocates asked then Texas governor George W. Bush to stay her execution. Um, but I'm guessing it didn't work. Nope. Uh, he denied the request, and he even traveled back to Texas for the 62-year-old's uh, execution in February of 2000. Yeah, I was going to say barking up the wrong tree there. It's Texas. Ugh. All right, now so, that I've successfully alienated any Texas viewers we had, who's next? Give me a second. <laughs> We're traveling to Australia. This is recent history. Traveling the land down under. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so this woman's name is Catherine Knight. And Catherine Knight. Spelled Catherine like, Knight. Spelled like the chivalrous person or yes. the time after day? Uh, chivalrous person. Catherine, right. smell, Catherine spelled with a K. Uh so she apparently had been super violent to every man in her life. Okay. Yep. Uh, so. And someone decided, was, I'm going to put a ring on that finger. Yeah, well, she was a butcher. Okay. Uh, so according to legend, uh, <laughs> she married her first husband, uh, David Kellett, and tried to strangle him on their wedding night. Good start. And then when she was pregnant with her daughter, she burnt his clothing and walloped him on the head with a frying pan. That's a quote from the article. Walloped with a frying pan. Mm-hmm. Fucking um, just tangle up in here now, I guess. Yes. Yes. It, it is, but it gets so much worse. So, okay. Uh, the, the abused man finally left her, thank God. Um... And she started seeing David Saunders. Um, listeners, I am, if you are against violence against animals, which I am, but I have to say this bit, skip about 15 seconds ahead. Just hit that 15 second skippy button. Um, she murdered a puppy in Whoa. front of David Saunders as a warning. As a warning. Just did the, the two eyes, two fingers to her eyes, two fingers to his eyes, back and forth. Yeah, but with a puppy and But death. with a puppy. Oh. <laughs> um, 
That was a warning to him, but he didn't leave her until she stabbed him with scissors in the stomach during an argument. That's a good way to end an argument. Yeah. Uh, So this is, like I said, recent history. So that was all in the 90s. And then in 2001, she stabbed John Price, her new live-in boyfriend, 37 times while he tried to escape. 37! 37! Oh, it gets so much worse. He then, or she then skinned him. Oh! Hung his skin off of a meat hook, chopped him up, and started to cook his body parts. As a butcher, too. She fucking pulled a Titus Andronicus. Yep, that is. This is straight out of Shakespeare. Oh, Titus Andronicus is not typical Shakespeare, but it's It's, like ultra gore Shakespeare. It's his first. It's his first play and it's obsessed with food uh because he was a starving artist food and Um, murder food and murder put together this is also food and murder put together she cooked his body parts and then put place cards with his children's names on the table jesus um so he was he had a feeling this would happen so he told his co-worker hold on wait up he had a feeling this would happen (laughs) Yep. He had an inkling of his own skinning and meal preparation. And he married her! He didn't marry her. He decided to move in with her. The podcast cannot express the manic hand motions that are happening for me right now. But holy (laughs) fuck, how much beer was he drinking? Uh, we won't go into the mentalities of abuse. But safe to say, friends, abuse can do a lot to a person, man or woman. And you were saying that he was telling his girlfriends. His co-workers. Co-workers, okay. He was telling, he he told his friends and co-workers that if he didn't show up to work the next day, that she had killed him. So they called the police when he didn't show up. And when investigators searched her home, they found his head in a pot, boiling on the stove with some vegetables. Making a nice cabeza soup. Or something like that. Again, this is some Shakespeare shit. Um, She is dubbed Australia's most notorious psychopath. And she is the first and only woman in Australian history to be sentenced to life without parole. Uh, well, I suppose it's hard to top that one when you're making a husband, when you're making a boyfriend stew. Exactly, and the movie based on her life and crimes is now in the works. Of course, it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a great place to end. All right. Yeah. No, I I don't think we can top that. Ah. I need, like, Disney movies to scour that shit out of my brain. This is probably one of the darkest episodes we've ever done. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that. This this one is pretty horrifying. Also, I, let's I not just forget to mention that Lorena Bobbitt t- cut off her husband's manhood. And I Wait, remember who? that... Who did this? Lorena Bobbitt. You don't remember that story? No, she cut off her husband's penis? 
Yep. No, that we was... say everything in this podcast, so I don't care if we say that. <laughs> well, I'm saying what Google autofilled when I started the sentence, woman who cut off her husband's and it filled in manhood. I would just say dick, but what Google well, wants to say is what Google wants to say. Um, I love that we've established that I am the potty mouth historian on this podcast. You're pretty tame compared to me. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, I remember this because this was made fun of on SNL when I was a kid. Oh, well, that's before I was born, so. Uh, It was in 1989. Oh, yeah. Made headlines in 1993, so there was a four-year gap between dick cutting and reports of dick cutting. Ow. I'm having sympathy pains, and I'm not even a dude. Yeah, the the short story is apparently they had some sort of big argument. She waited until her husband fell asleep and cut off his dick with a knife. Oh, oh, oh. I think I was a I think I was a person with a penis in my past life because oh, that was a lot of plosives. Because I just I I feel that. Yeah, no, it's I can't imagine it was pleasant. Oh, speaking of visceral reactions, I watched Watchmen the other day and. There is a moment where one of the villains punches the female superhero in in the crotch. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs> there's there's one really like art house style movie. Um, I can't. It's it's like her or something. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that movie. Yeah, that's got one scene in it. That really just, I can't watch without almost throwing up. And uh, again, skip about 15 seconds ahead if you don't want to hear this. But it's a scene involving nails, a scrotum, and the combination thereof. Oh! oh. Yeah. Mm. Alright, if you aren't thoroughly grossed out enough and want to end this conversation... (laughs) Email Please us do. At, <laughs> email us at podcast at gmail.com or, I'm afraid to say, hit us up on Facebook at Scofflaws History of Lawn Disorder or Scofflaws A History of Lawn Disorder. Message or, it. Do not post it on the board. You message this to us first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or follow us on Twitter at uh, Cast. I'm sure you cannot outdo Twitter in nastiness. Um, you can visit our, our Patreon and be that first lucky donor that starts uh, the bonus content rolling at patreon.com slash uh, scofflaws. I think it's just scofflaws. I don't know, the, the link's in the show notes. <laughs> um, Alright, what the fuck? Uh, what, would I, what did I pick out for the stupid law? Uh, okay. Uh-oh. Let's send out here. Let's 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 pull it back a bit. In Kentucky, one uh-huh. may not dye a duckling blue, and offer it for sale, unless more than six are for sale at once. Why is there an unless? Why can't it just stop? Also, you can die. You can die a duckling blue is what this law is saying. You just can't sell it by itself. Well, to be fair, I mean, you can... People dye their dogs for crazy colors. It doesn't really hurt them. 
I'm just thinking about historic dyeing techniques, and that's a lot of poor puppies. Poor duckies. Duck are uh, mean. Yeah, they, they are. They're mean, and their sex is horrifying. Spiral penis. Spiral detachable penis and vaginas with dead ends. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> this has been Ew. the grossest episode of Scofflaw's History of Law Disorder. My I need to wash Sean. out my ears. <laughs> and this has been Kate. Say bye, Kate. <laughs>